Welcome to the RPG Podcast. And we are live. Oh, God, Pat! Presented by Sheep. A Time Wheel Production. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Robert Patton Global Podcast. I am here with uh, a, return, a returning guest. His name is Justin Dolard. And uh, he's been on before, but we lost the audio. It was a couple months ago. Yep. So thank you for coming back. And when I was on your podcast, it was one of my best appearances ever, in my opinion. So, you know, we utilized your recording and put it on our podcast. So I appreciate you sharing that with us. You're a very good guy. Thank you for coming. Um, you know, so it's been a while, but I wanted to talk about podcasting in general, at least to start off, because we're both podcasters. You're the host of Authentic with Justin Doulard. Yes, sir. It says the Authentic Podcast. If you try to find it like that, it won't work. Right. Yeah. Apple's really weird like that. Yeah. Spotify can be too, so I, I always try and drop the name in there, but... Yeah. Um and you're getting b- bigger. I mean, you just had Bruce Buffer. I did. The I face did. of the octagon. Yeah, that was crazy. Yeah, that was really, uh, that's that's a huge guest. That must feel really good for you. I imagine that will be my biggest one ever, unfortunately. I, I, don't, I don't know if I peek at that or maybe I'll have someone who can match him, but uh, it was easier than I thought. I mean, it was not hard to get him. Now, with that being said, I'm sure he doesn't say yes to everyone. And uh, technically, yeah. I'm one of his customers because, you know, you know, my intro is, is him right. introducing my name in the podcast. But I just reached out and, um, you know, his business partner, who's awesome as well, I mean, very responsive, had just said that, uh, you know, his time is limited, but he would love to give me a little bit. And he gave me 30 minutes, which, I mean, is amazing. Yeah, I would love to get 30 minutes with Cowboy or any of these big name guys. I know that, like, time is scarce. Everyone's always hitting you up and, you know, everybody wants something from you. So for them, for him to make time for little old you, I'm sure that felt good. And I think it's it just adds more credibility to what you're doing so that you can, if maybe you don't get as, as big, but you, you can get bigger pot, um, guests than you had before. You also had Smiling Sam Alvey. Mm-hmm. Super cool guy. He was awesome. Yeah. Then I had Jimmy Flick uh, right after Bruce Buffer, who just retired. you know that story kind of or no? Uh, tell me. Jimmy Flick, he was an LFA guy, um, was like 12 and 2 or 13 and three, you know, pretty, pretty good. And he got on contender series and won the fight and got the contract. Then he won his UFC debut by flying triangle, like only the third one. I do remember that. The only, only third finish like that in the UFC. And then, um, he kind of had to change a heart and he abruptly retired from the UFC. Whoa. Yep. And you got to have a conversation about that. Yeah. Well, I had him on right after he won on the contender series. Uh, okay. Because I didn't know he was on. I, I remember watching him back in Oklahoma at the casinos yeah. in, in Legacy because his name is Unique Flick, you know? Yeah. And then, um, so I had him on after that and everything seemed normal and fine. And then, I mean, he had, he had retired on a Saturday at one of the local promotions. It was it was a shock to everybody. I mean, he was on, hmm. you know, Ariel Hawani's show. He was mm-hmm. on everybody's. And I, I got him on again. I waited a little bit. Because uh, his was kind of like an emotional deal. Um, I waited till about three or four weeks after he did it because he had so many interviews and was busy and, you know, I think going through a lot of emotions. And I reached out and because, you know, he'd actually followed me back on Instagram. And I just said, hey, I know you're super busy, man. And, uh, you know, real proud of you for what you did. And I'd love to have you talk again whenever you're ready. Because uh, long story short, you know, he uh, grew up pretty rough. And his uh, dad 
and his brother were uh, real bad into drugs. And he thought that when he got in the UFC, it would kind of open their eyes and be like, hey, Jimmy's made it. You know, I'm going to come back and be with Jimmy and kind of corner him like I used to. Mm. And, uh, you know, he said that after he won his UFC fight, he didn't even hear get a phone call from his dad. So he said, you know, I was fighting for the wrong reasons. I really wanted to have my dad and my brother back in my life, and they didn't come around. And he said, I'm just tired of missing out with time on my family. And, you know, obviously the the it's kind of the dark side of what people don't see in MMA, the, the things they go through. You know, they see the lights and the, the walkout songs and the money. But Jimmy's like, you know, um, I'm working a full-time job on the side because I'm not Conor McGregor. I'm mm-hmm. not, you know, I'm not Amanda Nunes. I don't got those big fights. And then I'm getting off work and I'm going to train and I'm coming home and, you know, running an extra mile. So I'm seeing my daughter for, or my daughters for like an hour a day, you know, for seven days a week. And he's like, I just, you know, I just want to be a family man. I'm tired of it. So. Wow. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I was talking, I did a podcast with this guy. I don't even remember his name. (laughs) And he, but he was like undefeated in boxing and we never released it because he was and he was being called up to bare knuckle boxing. Sorry, dude. I want to air it, and I'm sorry I can't think of your name right now, but <laughs> th- the point was he was undefeated in boxing and just quit all of a sudden, randomly, um, at the top of the, his game, and he was really good. He quits for like 10 years. He, he admitted he was doing meth for like 10 years and just partying and just crazy, wild meth shit that you would do when you're on meth. <laughs> and he got called back to fight in bare knuckle boxing. We we're going to sponsor him. He's going to tattoo sheath like somewhere on his body. And nice. it was really motivating him to get back in shape and get a new car for his fiance. And because there's financial you know, gains from fighting and ultimately his opponent backed out and he didn't end up fighting and I don't know what's happening to him, but like I feel like sometimes it's good to have that sport to keep you motivated to stay on track. But then, it, I guess in, in Jimmy's case, it can if it's not if you don't need that, I guess uh, everyone has their different paths. Sure. Well, he said in my, in my podcast too, and he said it on multiple things, like on like I said on Hawani's show and whatnot. He said my goal was never to be champion. He's like, obviously, if it happened, that'd be great. But he's mm-hmm. like, and he always said, I never wanted to be the next uh, Mighty Mouse or the next uh, Conor McGregor. He's like, I just wanted to make a decent living for my family, and I wanted to make the walk to the UFC. He said, I made the walk, and I did it, and then I realized I was fighting for the wrong reasons, and it's, it's tough on him. And he talked about, you know, he's a 125-er. Mm-hmm. He talked about cutting down 20 pounds as a 125-er. Yeah. And then he said, you know, he's like, I'm a small guy. I get in there and I cut down this weight. He's like, and these guys are so huge. He's like, the people that can get to 135 or even because he, he went back and forth. He's like, they're just so much bigger than me because he's a tall, skinny guy, you know, kind of like a, a Figueroa. You know, yeah. he's a 35 or 25 er but he's like, supposedly walks at like 165. Oh, are you sure? Figueroa? Yeah. The r- wow. rumors that he could he could be at 160, 165. So I Jimmy's like, I go against guys like this. And he's oh like, my God. it's brutal. Yeah. Yeah, that mental toughness. I was just watching. I've, I've been watching the Ultimate Fighter, the old seasons. Mm-hmm. This season's not that great. I don't know. My wife is con- um, complaining that there's not a lot of drama in the house. They mm-hmm. just they do the backstory and then they fight. And so UFC, we need a little bit more drama. Put some <laughs> throw a girl in there and they have to fight over or yeah, some right. more alcohol. And <laughs> Spice it up. Yeah, because it used to be super fun. And, and well, then I was watching the series where Ronda Rousey was coaching against Misha Tate and mm-hmm. this dude he they, these two guys were 
to fight, scheduled to fight, and then one of them didn't make weight. And he kind of reminds me of Jimmy Flick, and I think because I think Jimmy Flick's kind of like a country boy type dude, maybe even a mullet. If I'm maybe not, no maybe, mullet for him. Okay, but okay. He's, he's from the country for sure. I feel I, I I I would recognize him if I saw him. But this guy was one of those guys, tough as nails, country boy. You know, been fighting forever, and then fight comes up, and it's like they wait for the to the last minute to cut all this weight, and they're all like cocky about it, and then you get cut the weight for whatever reason it won't come off, and then you're. Your career's ended. This guy is like remembered. I, I looked him up. I've been looking him up. Like, where are they now? And he's remembered as the guy who like didn't make weight on the Ultimate Fighter series. I mean, that's like kind of what he's remembered for. But but actually, what's funny is his opponent made weight. This is what's funny. But th so he got skipped to the next round, and he was to fight in the next round. And then when it was time to make weight, he didn't make weight. Oh wow! And he was being so cocky, like eating burgers, and Ronda was like really like getting after him you need to cut weight or you know watch your diet sure. and all this and and it's so embarrassing and to i don't know how we got on that per se but it's just like the it's just about discipline sure ultimately i was, I was listening to joe this morning uh, he had the gentleman named andrew huberman not sure what his actual official title is but the right when i paused it on my run it was when he joe was ranting about weight cuts in the ufc and just how terrible it is and how it's based he calls it a legalized cheating mm -hmm. you know he was talking about like usman who is uh like a 170 pound fighter but he's like he's actually like 200 pounds he's like he's a beast i know and so because some if some people can cut more weight than others and mm -hmm. if they, that gives you this huge advantage so i was when we watched the fights last weekend which we can keep talking about or no, we can go back to podcasting no, we're gonna we're gonna go where we go with uh, I'm thinking, so I'm watching Dustin, right? Big Dustin mm -hmm. fan. But mm -hmm. they're like, he could be between 180 and 190. And he said that on Joe Rogan, too. Oh, wow. Um, I'm thinking, right now, I'm like 220. And I'm like, I still have plenty of body fat to lose. Like, I need to lose more weight, more body fat. And Dustin walks around 190, and he's fighting at 155. That's insane. Yeah, that'd be like me, because I weigh 155, 160. You would have to be like a... 125 or you'd have to be right yeah i know yeah that's because you'd be fighting like habib who's like 190 yeah i don't i wouldn't want that <laughs> any of those guys in that weight class for that matter and but i i i would like to fight but i would i think if i was gonna fight i would want to fight someone my size or probably smaller just kidding my size but not that cut weight you know just like a fair fight because that makes it more fun and more interesting for the fans when you have these dominant uh, um, champions okay. and stuff. It, to me, it, I, I lose some of the excitement about it. Like when Mighty Mouse was champion, I'm like, okay, right. You know, I'm not even. I didn't. I barely watched them. Yeah, twelve years in a row. Yeah, or twelve belts in a row or something crazy. I got a celebrity you could fight. Ooh, Roland Walker. Okay, he was on the History's Channels alone. He was on my podcast. Is he? Is he local? Uh, no, he moves around a lot. Okay. He's a, he's kind of a nomad traveler. I mean, so do you know what alone is? What he did? Uh, uh, he was on my, he was on the a guest on the podcast too. Awesome. And after this, we'll finally can talk about that. But, um, it's just funny. Cause you're like, I want to fight, but you like Roland. I talked to him about it and he's like, yeah, I've been really getting into UFC lately. Cause he's, you know, he's like outdoors, like 90% of the time in his life. Mm -hmm. So alone, he went and stayed in the Canadian winter wild for 90 days by himself. They gave him 10 items, mm -hmm. and he won a million dollars. He was the first person on the show, season seven. First person to – oh, excuse me, 100 days. Oh, my God. 100 days. So it's like Naked and Afraid. But, but you're isn't it, and, and, and it's, it's a Netflix series, right? 
Uh, his, it was on History Channel. Oh, okay. Not cool. ne- well, I think it's on Netflix now. You know Netflix adds stuff and drops it? Yeah. I don't know. But he was on season seven, first person to go 100 days. I think before that, it was like 75 or 80 or 90. I can't remember. But uh, he's insane. Well, then I don't want to fight him. <laughs> but <he's laughs> I stay inside too much because that makes me soft when you stay inside. You get hard-bodied, like kind of sure. a farmer strength. Yeah. Well, I asked him because he said... Cause he doesn't, he doesn't even run his own Instagram. Like the people I talked to on there is like his brother-in-law. Cause he's just, you know, I think he's in his late fifties and he's just such an outdoors. Right, maybe I'll find him. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you should. No, but he was like, he's an old man. He said, I've been wanting to watch. He's like, I've been watching UFC. I've been, he's like, it's really fun. I really like, I don't, he's like, I'm not a huge TV guy or a sports guy, but I love it. And I said, well, do you ever train it all for fun? And he said, no, he's like, but I would. He's like, hell, I think, I think I'd take a fight. He's like, I think I'd like to do it. Right, I'd like a challenge. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would, the only thing. I have like, some teeth issues. I'd be like, don't punch me in my teeth. And then anything else is fair game because the rush of it all, I think, would be so exciting. Mm-hmm. Getting locked, they fucking shut that cage door and you're like, okay. What about these kicks these people are getting, though, man? Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. It's a different world. I, I've been taught to throw those kicks with your shin, you know, since like a, a long time ago. People don't know how to kick properly, but you see in the UFC with legs being broken that. You kick with your shin, which is like the equivalent of a baseball bat. But, you know, do you think Connor's leg was pr- like hurt before the fight? Because they're showing this footage like he's got it iced up and he's like. I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> I, I see both sides of it. I could yeah. definitely see it. But in my opinion, with knowing a little bit about being like a medical professional, I feel like if there were stress fractures, I feel like they wouldn't have let him do it if, mm-hmm. if a doctor looked at that and cleared it. And then also, round one, he's the one throwing kicks. Yeah, He's not he's not getting them. He's throwing them. So if your leg was banged up, I think you would try to hide it and disguise it a little bit. But, I mean, when you look at the way he broke that leg and how he managed that pain, yeah, maybe he was right. Because, you know, you look at the other two latest ones, uh, Weidman and then um, the one before Silva? That. Silva, yeah. yeah. I mean, they're in agonizing pain. Connor gets on the ground. I didn't even notice it at first. My wife's like, his foot, look at his foot. Yeah, nobody's... I was nobody, like, what is... Yeah, Herb, I don't think... Back. Oh, my God. Yeah. He I was going to get up and fight again or something. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I don't think Herb Dean even saw it. They just happened to see it because there's seven seconds in the round. Mm-hmm. He didn't... Yeah, because Dustin came back on him and yeah. was punching him with, and he's par- like paralyzed. I did not really like at all how he handled himself in the post-fight conference but the way he handled that pain was insane yeah that's was, ridiculous i was embarrassed and ashamed kind of for the way he responded it I was mean, terrible people are justifying it and i can totally see where they're coming from he no. was in pain no like but you they're making excuses everyone makes excuses for him because they want him to come back and and it was like kind of like trump if you will like any anybody that was a huge trump supporter you just got to go out on your shield with him, yeah. Yeah, and so and but I'm more of like, I'll love you until I don't necessarily want to love you anymore. And I and I, he's on my vision board, and he's an amazing inspiration to a lot of. He just sold fucking proper twelve for six hundred million dollars, mm-hmm. which luckily probably right before this fight because it might not have sold for so high. But yeah, he's so, done amazing amazing things, and he actually. From what I know, followed a lot of the, a lot of the principles of success that I follow, which is a lot of it was just Visionary. believing it, yeah. you know. Um, but then once you get to a certain level, I guess that hunger. I mean, obviously the hunger's different, you know, and that alone, 
I guess, is, is the ma major difference from Connor now versus Connor back then. If I drive anywhere on a yacht, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. Yeah. Why would, why would you want to get, you know, arguably beat up or beat up somebody when you when you made it? But, every, I mean, everyone's different. So. He needs to fight people that aren't so tough, I guess. You know, the and YouTube I, stars? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Easy money. Quit. And you could probably stomp them. Well, and you're fighting Dustin Poirier and fucking Khabib and yeah. Floyd Mayweather. I mean, he's not fighting chumps. And, Dust and uh, Dustin Poirier is still trying to prove himself, even though he's already, you know, a Hall of Famer. He, he You know, he's trying to get the unified or the undisputed belt. So he's really, he's still super hungry. Yeah. He's chasing money, but he's also chasing the glory. And, and he doesn't uh, shy away from damage. I mean, he will take it and give it, like you said. Oh yeah. So he, I mean, he he fought Holloway, and and that was a pretty uh, Holloway is the shit. That was a, you know, went the distance. I love I love when a fight goes the distance, especially if I like both of the fighters. Oh, 100 percent. Like I wish the Conor McGregor and Cowboy fight would have gone the distance. I know. And, I know. Uh, you know why did he he turned up for that fight? Like, and who knows what he would have done if poor if he fought Poirier on that night? Because he looked to me, I was there. And he looked like a lion. Sure, it was like he was like glowing. Mm -hmm. I was on mushrooms, right? But there was some <laughs> like a, a presence that he exudes that's obviously very. Um, yeah, pe and people are drawn to it. Sure, yeah. and I, and I don't want to take anything away from that performance, but we've all heard about Cowboy how he said like he gets super nervous before mm -hmm. big fights, and and I think he had said after that he was like I just wasn't there, I wasn't in the moment and ready, and. I, I, I hate when people like knack someone for that because I'm like, dude, there's no, I, I'm telling you, you know, like I think 98% of the world, if you put this little light in front of yeah. them in the backyard, they're going to be like, whoa, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. But these people, you know, 20, 30,000 people, it's, it's just a lot of pressure. And then Conor McGregor is no slouch either. But like I said, that was his return and he was on fire. And, and maybe, you know, because he was at 170, maybe he was a little more full and thick. and Yeah. It, that's, it's, it's been a journey, but with, you know, the UFC doesn't need him. Like he, I guess there was, you know, saying, questioning him. Do, you, do does the UFC need you? I think he said they need they, they need me or people, they, they need have me people forever. like me. Yeah, yeah, I'm the bad guy. Yeah, like it's Tony. Uh, Tony Montana. So, yeah, I was gonna say Soprano, but yeah. Well, you know, I, I, I saw that article and my dad and my brother were talking about it, and I was like, well, you know, there's a that could be fitting, right? Because. They're talking about how when it's like you need people like me. It's the scene where he's at the restaurant and he's like, you know, drunk and high, and he's like can barely walk and he's leaving. You know, that's like the turn of the movie when he goes downhill. Yeah. And then he starts like losing everybody, and then you know, Killed that's his when, brother. Yeah, exactly. Or was it his brother? Brother-in-law. Yeah. Well, he well because he was going after his sister. Yeah, his but best they were friend. Best friends. Yeah. Exactly. And he killed his best friend because he was sleeping with his sister, but they were in love, and it was a sweet story. This podcast is brought to you by ohanakababar.com. Now, ohana means family, but what is kava? Kava is a root from the South Pacific. It makes you calm and happy. Just go to ohanakababar.com, choose your favorite brew. They have many to choose from with more on the way. And I personally like the tincture. It tastes good, it gets you quick, and you're calm and relaxed in a moment. It cools and calms the nerves, and I think you'll like it. Let them know we sent you. Support this podcast by supporting our sponsors and support this company. So go to ohanakababar.com 
Use promo code SHEATH. You're going to love it. It doesn't taste that great. But chase it with a nice pineapple. You will not be disappointed. Trust me on that. OhanaCalvabar.com. Ohana's family. Use promo code SHEATH. You're welcome. Last but not least, SheathUnderwear.com. The greatest underwear on the planet. The underwear of legends. The underwear that keeps your balls from sticking to your legs. That's right. This is the best underwear because it keeps your boys cool. Check out SheathUnderwear.com. Back to the show. That guy, I just saw him in another show, the, the brother mm-hmm. from Scarface. He, he's like a, a like a big gangster now in, in, in movies. movies. Yeah. I mean, there's a show called, I highly recommend it. I really liked it, called Queen of the South. And it's like a female version of Scarface, but it's like a series. And he's Netflix of, or? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Queen of the South. I loved it. If you liked Scarface, if you liked uh, Breaking Bad to stuff like that, yep. it's kind of a gangster. Oh yeah. And and also like a Latino version. I like I'm, I have this much Mexican kind of in me and uh so I really like the culture because that was my family I always identified with it. And so watching like Mexican gangster movies really I, I really and any gangster movies really I, lo- I I love gangster movies. Sure, I do too. I love I, it took me a while to get on at Scarface. Of course when I first watched it I was like 13 or 14 my dad was like, "All right, you can watch this one now." And then I was like, "It's really long and you know, what's it about? And it's drawn out. But then I watched it two, three, or four more times. And then I was like, okay. Because it, it has, you know, tons of motives and stories inside of a big story. So It's a hero's journey. Yeah. Like Joseph Campbell, like Star Wars. Just like it's ever, it's everywhere. And yep. every one of us is trying to live out our story. That was his story. And all of our stories are different. Yep. You know, but a lot of people are doing podcasts and we're in a sea of... How many people do you think? Hundreds of thousands or millions? It's hard to tell. They say there's, you know, already millions right now, but it's still just like blowing up because it's it's kind of that movement type deal where everybody has a voice. Like 15, 20 years ago, only certain people could be heard. Like if you were on the radio, if you were on the TV, mm-hmm. or if you were like a, you know, a local personality. But now you can go viral in an hour. I mean, it doesn't even have to be anything good or big. You can just depending on what you do, and especially if you got talent. And that's how podcasting is going. Now, podcasting is a little more work than, say, like your Facebook or your TikTok, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But it kind of gives people who didn't have a voice before, like, you know, like, I don't ever want to be on the radio. I never did. But I wanted to podcast for like four or five years before I did it. I was always just kind of scared to do it. So mm-hmm. I think um, it will continue to grow in popularity. And I think like a lot of things like mainstream radio and stuff like that, it, you know, it's been slowly dying and I think it's eventually just going to kind of separate and uh, people are going to be, you know, a lot more, a lot more podcasters and whatnot. And the people that are good at it will succeed and the other ones that aren't, it'll be more of, you know, something they just kind of burn out on. Yeah. A lot of people will burn out along the way. Um, there's something about a success principle where if you just stick it out and you don't quit, like, 90 or 80 or 90 percent of the people that start at the same starting line you know you're 20 and you want to be a movie star 90 are going to quit before like they even start it's it's weird because in my opinion for or i guess i know myself pretty well but i don't really get nervous a lot like i don't i just it's a blessing you know a lot of people get nervous or anxious and that's just not something i've ever dealt with for the most part yeah 
But when I have big guests on, especially virtual, because um, virtual is so much, uh, in person is way better. But you know, like like with Bruce Buffer, like I can't get Bruce Buffer in person, probably never. Right. So for the fact that I could get virtual, it's like I have to, and especially in a day where I mean, he lives in California. I don't even live in California, right? But long story short. I don't get nervous. You know, if anyone was like, I'll give you 30 minutes of Bruce Buffer, you're like, sign me up. How much do I pay? Like, you know, I'll take off work, anything. Well, when the, t- when the time and the moment comes and I'm, you know, I get on, the, on my platform and I'm ready, it's weird. But a small part of me was like, I hope he shoots an email. I was like, I can't make it. I cancel. <laughs> I'm like, because I'm then, like, with about five You'd to be 10 minutes in. a little bit. Yeah. Because then I'm like, okay, wait, I'm kind of nervous now, kind of anxious. This guy knows everybody in the world wow, and then he's yeah. like yeah sure <laughs> so i'm sitting there waiting for him to come on and i'm like maybe he'll get an email it's like can't make it today or you know i had something and i'm like nervous and then i see his name pop up like let him enter the room it's like bruce has entered and i was like oh my god like oh shit oh shit here he is here he is so i hit admit then he pops up and he's just like hey justin how's it going and, I, uh, and then it, you know it kind of just cool off yeah i mean well hey, what, what platform do you use by the way um, so I've done both. I've done Zoom, which is super easy and cheap and not the greatest. And I've also done one called Riverside that I kind of like. Okay. Um, so if you have recommendations, totally open to them. Uh, yeah, I mean, we use uh, Zencaster and Zoom. Mm-hmm. I, I use Zoom if someone only has a phone, mm-hmm. for sure. And then if you have a desktop and you can sit there and you have a good system, the Zencaster audio is better. And I just added video, which we were all audio up until about... A few months ago, and I just watching other podcasters that are doing well, and like Bridget Fetisy and uh, Believe You Me, what they uh, they do audio and video, but actually Bridget only does YouTube, which and I'm seeing a lot of these uh, instances where the, they do the podcast, it's like an hour, but then they take a three minute clip, a three minute clip and post that. And those typically get more views and as well, they will introduce new people to your show from a segment. You mm-hmm. know? So I've, uh, have you been doing that? I, we, yeah, we just started doing that. I did too. I've oh, done, only yeah. done a couple, but yeah. I've been trying it because I saw the same thing. Cause like a big guy that I follow, I'm sure you do Theo Vaughn oh, yeah, this past him. weekend, he yeah. does the segments and it's, it's just the way we are. It's kind of like, you know, YouTube used to be the jam and now it's more like TikTok. It's like everything's like in minute little spurts, right? Because yep. we, you know, our attention is just. So I noticed that too, and especially with Theo's, and so I made a couple. And uh, I, on, I mean, with most of the things I do in my life or anything, I just need to do more of it. Mm-hmm. Like, in my opinion, I know you're a big self help guy, big yeah. motivation. You know, you're trying to self betterment all the time. Limitless. I'm reading this book right now, everyone. And I, it's good or no good? It, so far, so good. I definitely, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm like three chapters in. It says, Jim Quick knows how to get the maximum out of me as a human being. Will Smith, you know who he is. Oh, yeah. So he, is, so he has a lot of like Oprah and all these people. So I was like, all right. I try to be like honest with myself. And, you know, because I read a ton of self help books. I read right now. Like I read, you know, Andy Frizzella's book. And oh, yeah. I'm reading uh, Wheat Belly, which is about, you know, wheat and our diets. Oh, and, interesting. And, you know, because I'm on the kind of nutrition kick. But long story short, with uh, with stuff, I just, a lot of times people are like, how's it going? Or how's this going? I just say, I just need to do more of it. Or I need to do better. They're like, you know, how's your, how's your weight loss going? I'm like, it's good, but I just need to go harder. I need to do better. Same with uh, podcasting. My brother really keeps the motivation on. My wife does too. But, uh, you know, my, me and my wife talk every day, me and my brother every other day or so. But 
he's like, Hey, keep getting, get, you know, keep getting guests, keep asking, keep doing this. Because a lot of times, you know, if I get it, if someone says no to coming on the show or I just kind of get burnt out or I'm, you know, I don't want to ask somebody, Colton's like, just ask, just keep doing it. So he'll ask, how's it going? I'll say, I just need to do more. I need to just get after it mm-hmm. instead of, you know, cause I have the books about podcasting and people are like, you need to network and find sponsors and this and this, but ultimately I just need to really be proactive, put in the time and just keep doing it and keep going. When you said asking people, you know, and they they said yes or no, but like I've asked Michael Bisping and he said yes, but we haven't done it. I did ask Cowboy, he said yes, but we haven't done it. Mark Norman, yes, haven't done it. Um, So it's kind of easy to get them to say yes, but it's harder to nail them down. And and that's maybe something we're not doing right because I don't want to pressure them. Mm -hmm. You know, I want, I'm like at your convenience, you know, you're doing me a favor. It'd be an honor. So I don't want to just be a pressure, like be an asshole or whatever. So that's something I deal with a little bit. When they say yes, uh, do you just kind of let it settle or have you followed up or you're just, I think we, yeah. So how would you handle that? When they say yes, then you just like lock in a time, probably. Like, I'm an example person. So literally give me an example of when what you said to Michael Bisping and what did he say back to you? You don't have to verb, you don't have to well, quote it. But I just actually like, had my team reach out to them and, and he said, he, they were just asking if they would be on the podcast. I don't really recall much else about it, but I, I remember him saying, this week is slammed. Can mm. we try for next week? And I said, yeah, we'll... Because then I started, I got in there and, and I said, yeah, we'll follow up next week. And then we follow up. And I don't even know. I, it's, I think it's on us for follow, not following up. To, but I also don't want to pester them. Sure. So it's, it's weird. I'm not sure. I'm the same way. I get those, those ways with, uh, like I said, so with, with, with Bruce, I have to be honest. You know, I, I, when I first started the podcast, Colton's like, you should get Bruce to do your intro. And so I dig in and I, I, I did it. That's so cool. And I, my one of my biggest quotes or things I live by is, if you never ask, the answer is always no. Or yeah. if you never ask, you never know, right? Kind of like with you. I had no idea who you were. I didn't even know what Sheath was until I saw it on Cerrone's page. So then, I, you know, I'm always on Instagram way too much. But, hey, I found you, right? So dig in and click Sheath. And then it's like Colorado Springs. And I'm like, okay, I just moved here. That's cool. Yeah. And then I'm doing the podcast. I was like, maybe he'll want to come on. I'd never seen your picture. never seen your face. I was like, I, I had no idea what to expect when I came out here. Just kind of. That's risky. Funny. So, you know, and then you said yes. And then there, for every one of you that says yes, there's a couple that say no, and that's fine. Um, but back to that with Bruce, I was one of his customers, and he was one that I considered way out of the ballpark. Mm-hmm. And then my brother was like, why don't you email him and ask him? And then I was like, you know, I didn't listen to my own advice. I was like, there's no way. And then I emailed him, and 45 minutes later, his business partner was like, yeah, sure, he'd love to. He'll give you, you know, 20, 30 minutes. And I was like, whoa. That was like freaking easy. I've had a hard time getting people I've known on forever. I mean, yeah, I want to ask you for his email, but I, see, but it, you can't, you can't do him like that. You can't just be going and giving his right. email out, like, and uh, so it's, it's a tricky when as far as networking because sure. I wouldn't, nec- I, I wouldn't want to not burden malice, but like you might want malice on your podcast, and I'm like, yeah, but yeah, and I don't know, maybe it's just ask i guess sure and, yeah. and a big part of the thing with him too is i think i was you know one of his customers yes. i bought one of his intro packages i don't think i'm sure he gets inquiries all the time but even then how many people buy those you know he didn't have to say yes and if he would have said no i wouldn't have disliked him anymore right i understand i mean the guy is 
you know, world known. Mm -hmm. So I try, you know, sometimes when people like ignore me or leave me on red, sometimes I get a little salty and bitter, but then I, then I come back and I'm like, okay, I, I, a lot of times I'll reach for big guests. Mm -hmm. And so I have to take that into consideration. These people are busy and I mean, I've never seen it because I'm not a celebrity, but you don't know the inquiries they get. So you can't hold it against them too much. So everyone I get, I'm like super thankful. But I'm with you and kind of like my brother with the other stuff, you know, if you never ask, you never know. And, you know, it's a lot different than if you're, you know, if you catch them at a steakhouse and you're like in their face, like, can I get a picture? Can I get an autograph? That's to me, that's not if you never ask, you never know. Yeah. You're, you know, you're a businessman, you're a professional. If you shoot them an email and you're like, let's get it set up. And I mean, I feel like I could do it because I have some credibility in that I've interviewed multiple fighters. Sure. Multiple UFC fighters. So I, at least I have that. And so I'm not just nobody. And I've been doing this for four plus years. People don't know, maybe know that because it's only of the last year or so. I've been doing it more production style and, and um, regularly. But I... Yeah, I've been doing it for a while. Yeah, I mean, in my opinion, with the Bisping and Cowboy thing, if they said yes, I think you just need to schedule it and just don't be afraid. Yeah. And then, you know, if you try and get a time and that it's like you try two or three times and they're just really against it or they can't work it out, then maybe be like, okay, maybe they just kind of said yes and they don't want to do it. Right. They're saying yes to say so they to be nice. Yeah, I think you could pick up on that vibe. Mm -hmm. But otherwise, if for someone who's a super busy guy like that, in my opinion, I would say. You know, I know you guys said you do the podcast. Be like, let me know best days and times, and then let me know your let me know a time frame. I always try yeah, and I get like that, that from people. Write this down. Yeah, yeah. Well, because in here, but now it made me think of when you said that you were kind of hoping Bruce Buffer might call and cancel right mm -hmm. before. I'm like not pushing it because I'm scared. Also, a little bit. Oh yeah, no, you yeah. you'll absolutely get nervous. Um, like for me, I like I said, not a whole lot of nerves in most stuff. The whole day, I was like, Bruce, Bruce, Bruce. And then, like, 10 minutes before, I was just like, whoa, hold on. Like, damn, I don't know. This is weird. Man, what like, have I this got is myself into? <laughs> yeah, because then, you know, I like to have a conversation that is very, you know, authentic, no pun intended, and free-flowy. But also, I'm not just going to sit here. I don't want it to be me sitting here asking you questions and going down a list. Well, okay, on that. I wanted to c converse, you know. And I, I feel like I'm good at that. But with, you know, with Bruce... That's a different level of person. So I, I really wanted to be on my game. Yeah. So you did some research, yeah. maybe. And I, so tell me like your methodology of, of that, at least in this case. Okay. So with most guests, unless it's like my brother or like one of my good buddies where we have a topic, you know, I can, if it's someone I really want to know more about and a big guest, um, like Sam Alvey, Jimmy Flick, mm -hmm. Bruce Buffer, um, all those types of people, I, a lot of times I'll ask people who listen to the podcast for questions. Nice. Like if it was you and I was going to have a USA fighter coming on back, if you have any good questions, let me know. Cause I can't take 40, but then a lot of times I'll post on my social media too. And say, if you have any questions to bring up, cause that not only gives you creative ideas, it provides engagement. Yeah. And then they might come and listen to the show and make sure, see if you ask the question they suggested. That's exactly. Kind of funny. I, yeah. Yeah. I like that. So like if, if I'm talking about stuff I want the whole time, then people might listen. But if I'm like, Hey, I got your question in, then, uh, what is that? <laughs> Sorry. No, you're good. So Hana Kavabar, it's oh, one, yeah, it's one of our place. sponsors. Yeah. yeah. And it's local here in Colorado Springs. You haven't been, I guess? No, I have not. I think it would coincide with your 75-day hard if you were open to telling yourself it was not intoxicating. 
because it kind of is. So what is it? It's a root from the South Pacific that makes you calm and happy. They call it like an herbal Xanax. And I, I, it, has to, it actually has like a, a mouth-numbing effect, which I like in this tincture. because And because I, had, I went to the dentist yesterday, I had like dental surgery. I almost canceled again. And I was like, I canceled one yesterday. I had one. You don't I, like the dentist? I've been so many times. It's like uh, the worst. At this point, I've been having like, you know, I had like a missing tooth mm-hmm. for like a year and then it's just been a nightmare. And it's been like that pretty much my whole life, just on and off dental work. And they put in this new grill for me. Can I see? Um, yeah. And uh, it was hurting really bad. So actually had to go get it taken out and then they put in a new one but i was and this one was hurting again so and i put some of that in my mouth and it it numbed it so my teeth don't hurt so if you have like it's kind of like a natural aura gel substitute and it kind of gets you a little bit it doesn't get you high but it makes you feel relaxed i mean it's very subtle and so a lot of people who are in the program will go to his bar, but they t- then but they're drinking like triple krakens, which is like an absurd amount, and they're really they are getting fucked up. Sure. So, but I do promote it. Promo code sheath ten will save you ten percent. I totally fucked up your flow of the conversation. No, 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 absolutely no. It's cool. We can we go right back on. I like I said I, I don't like things to be too structured. You know, I like to hit points but bounce off because. You know, it's, not, it's like radio. I don't like the radio. I don't like the news. It's very dry and very uh, like a follow guy. I do enjoy his stuff, but it's not my style. His name's Graham Bensinger. Okay, he does a lot of athletes interviews, but his is more question and answer. He doesn't do a whole lot of discussion flow. Like, um, I mean, he has he's had a ton of guys on. Like, I just watched his one with Canelo Alvarez. Mm. He did about a couple months ago. He does a lot of NFL, NBA stars. Um, super, you know. He's a great interviewer, but his is not really like a um, com- like said, conversation. It's more of him asking them questions, they answer, he responds a little bit, and then asks another question. Yeah, That's see, not my style. I feel like this is like a dance more so. Yes. It's like it's leading, I'm leading, then you might be leading, but yep. we're following along as best we can to keep from stepping on each other's toes. Yes. Um, I re- and, and I do like this better. I do sometimes want to have questions, at least – some kind of general focus of the overall conversation, which is what I like about this podcast because it's all, it can always go back to like success principles, Mm -hmm. which I like, but one of those is knowing what you want to do. And recently I was like, I want to be a better podcaster. And so I started looking into on YouTube, how to be a better podcaster, how to do a good interview. And this one guy came up, it was like a Ted talk and it was fascinating because he was interviewing these older people who had already lived their life. They already know their story, and all they want to do is tell their story. And all he has to do is ask the right question, and then it sparks this flood of memories. And, But it's like, what question is it? And one of the people he asked, it was this older lady, she was a choreographer, and she wasn't the most attractive woman, apparently, based on this question. And he, what he asked her was, what was it like? Or w- were you resentful for not ever being beautiful? <laughs> beautiful. And uh, it was weird. It really, like, struck a chord with me. But, obviously. Um, but 
you know, that's the thing, you know, you want to be a star, but you're not beautiful, right? And you can't really control that. But what she did was she became a, the best dancer she could. She became a choreographer. And I don't really recall exactly what she said about it, but she made up for it in other ways. And But it, it really just sparked this flood of memories for her. And it, had a, it was a really good conversation. And, but, and I want to know what question to ask someone, but would I have the balls to say that to someone? Sure. That's fucking ballsy. That is bold. Yeah. Yeah. And no, you have to send that to me. I mean, I could tell you definitely enjoyed it. Yeah. It was very moving. And, and I want to, I just want to get better, which is kind of why I wanted this conversation. We're both probably in the similar stages of our podcasting career. And I noticed you had a, you had a really cool, sponsor on the bruce buffer which what was it uh probably pete and pedro yeah 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 i use their product yeah how did, i do too how did you get i mean aaron uh, marino is one of the owners mm -hmm. alpha m yeah we work with him uh, it's just a fun, small world how do, do you get your sponsors how did you get that one so goes back to the same thing i, I tried their product their um mm -hmm. their putty like their men's hair putty and then like their hairspray um and i just asked i really uh, you know, it's not, it's not always that easy. Like you're going to get told no, but they have like a affiliate form. And yeah. so I reached out and I was like, Hey, how does this work? And they're like, well, you know, you can use our promo code and uh, do sales like that. And I was like, okay, well, I'd like a little something more personal too. Um, you know, I don't just want to push this link out on Facebook or something. I want to kind of, uh, you know, have an feel for it. And so they said, well, send us some information. And I have like a little data sheet and mine's not too sexy because it's not like I have thousands of listeners, millions of listeners, like some people do, but I just sent them the data sheet and some of my big guests and kind of what I'm about. Excuse me. And then they sent me like a little care package. And I told them those are my expectations starting out, you know, small to middle um, and it'll grow. You know, because a lot of times these people ask for ridiculous things, like all, all tons of free gear and all that. And I was like, I'm just getting started with this. I want, you know, this is the kind of practice for me. I would just like to try some of your product. I would definitely review it. And then, you know, if I like it, become a customer. And that was it. I mean, yeah. and I worked with the team and they were super responsive. And uh, yeah, so I, ultimately I just asked. That was impressed. I was I was impressed by that because I, I already used their uh, shampoo and conditioner. Yeah, they sent me some of that. They sent me like a loofah and they sent me some of their other men's line. And then uh, they were going to work on sending me like some of their new stuff, like a, like a nose trimmer and stuff like that. So what's their promo code for them? Uh, for mine? Yeah. Oh gosh, I'd have to look it up. I think because they because I had two because they put one that was a regular and then one was for the show. I think it's authentic twenty. Let me. I have to pull it up. We can we can, can look at it. But um, no, it's just fine. It's not a huge deal. But well, and because we're getting more and more get more and more followers, and I like to share the wealth as far as you know. Like I, you can't talk about your sponsorship on my podcast because it's, <laughs> it's conflicting with one of our sponsors or something, which it's not. And that happened to me recently where Michael Malice was supposed to go on Tim Pool's podcast. I don't mm -hmm. know if you know who he is, but he has a pretty big following. And he's sponsored by Tommy John. So Malice presented it to him, and he was like, no, sorry, you can't do that. But Lex Friedman just let him do it, which was awesome. I don't know if you know who he is. I do not. Lex Friedman is... I've heard that name, though. But I, I won't act like I know, but I've heard the name. He's interviewed Elon Musk... Joe Rogan, Michael Malice, and the uh, inventor of Ethereum. And I'm actually, I was actually just listening to one this morning where this guy got out of prison for after 33 years for running 
drugs, cocaine from Colombia to the United States for Pablo Escobar and this other guy. And uh, he's telling the story. It's fascinating. And Lex has really good questions, see? But it's like, and I feel like he thought about it ahead of time. And I just don't do that. But And I feel like maybe I should. You find it? I'm looking it up right now. Um, so I guess it's maybe a happy medium. Have a couple questions. Have... And but let then let it flow. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing that I think it's kind of why I named it authentic mm-hmm. podcast because I couldn't think of a name and everyone's got a catchy name and all this and and that's what I, I anybody I talked to or interview I wanted it to be like genuine down home conversation and I think that's why um, I mean unless you're just bullshitting me you were like you said I was one of your best interviews ever. No, 100%. I don't. I don't have any media background. I don't have any journalism background. I don't have. I've never done any like writing for a company or really much writing at all. So, you know, when I think back, when you told me that, I kind of was like, and I've seen your stuff on the news before. You did like a, a, a thing for a bit in Denver or something, maybe. A few things. Or, yeah. Few th- we've been on TV quite a bit. Yeah. And you told me you were like, you know, you enjoyed getting the publicity, but you're like, it wasn't really your jam and you didn't feel great about it and you didn't enjoy it. So I go back to that and think, you know, how is this guy said my interview was so great? Because, I mean, I had no, you know, to an extent, I'd never met you. I had no idea. I just knew you owned this underwear company and you were in the MMA game. So it just goes back that I think the conversations I have are genuine. I think they're authentic. I think I have like a calming demeanor and I'm not asking scripted questions and I don't, you know, I don't care about how much money you made or, or this and this and this or, uh, and I think overall too, a big part of it, I'm not doing it for notoriety. Like, I think I've had the chance to get some guests and I do have the chance to get some guests who I know would bring what they, you know, they call clout nowadays, mm-hmm. but it's not a conversation I'd want to have. And there's really no topic there. Yeah. So with, with that, I, I'm seeking to have a, to make friends, to have a good conversation, to learn about people. And it's, it's genuine. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I didn't seek this out because I know that, you know, you're a multi-million dollar company or, or in 10 years, you're going to be the face of the, you know, the UFC or all these fight promotions. Just like, this is cool. This is what I like. And I could see myself liking this. And that's why I wanted to learn more. And that's why I think it makes it an easy conversation and a good one. Well, like I was saying earlier about that dude who interviewed that old lady. Mm-hmm. I, maybe you did that just organically. I was going to say orgasmically, and that's weird. <laughs> organically. <laughs> they're very close. Um, organically. And... You know, you were asking me my story. That's because, that, and I got to tell my story, and I've told it a number of times, but never quite, in my opinion, like so succinct and like enthusiastic. And you also made, just, you know, caught me on a good day, but you just asked the right question, and it sparked a flood of memories. And 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 that's why I really enjoyed it. People want to talk, and you know, I. You know, I used to not want to talk as much. I'm getting better at it. I'm getting more, um, like, stamina. Because I would, I remember having these conversations with this dude that I lived with uh, back when Sheath was just starting. We all lived in this house. And a lot of my days was just filled with waiting. You know, we're waiting for sales. You know, mm-hmm. like, this is 2015. We got, like, five orders a day or ten orders a day. And that was sustainable, though, at the time. Anyways, my point is, dude would fucking talk and talk and talk, and I'm just like, don't you get tired? Like, I would get tired of just talking, but now 
I'll do multiple podcasts and do, oh, not multiple, but like I'll do my streams and then I'll do a podcast and then I'm talking to my wife and something I've built up a reserve to, to have these. And, and I think it's come through many hours of conversations and some, some of them are getting longer mm -hmm. you know, we're doing hour and a half to two hour podcasts now, sometimes instead of just an hour, it, it, especially if, uh, it's not someone who I need to like respect their time, to, not that I wouldn't respect your time, but you know, like a malice or sure. some people you, you know, you have an hour and that's it. But if, it, if, if it's relatively clear that we can continue, then if it's going well, I don't want to be like, Oh, we're at an hour. We've got to cut it short. We were just getting into it. Sometimes it takes a little while to get into it. Yeah. That's how, that's what I thought I was worried about with Bruce actually, because um, like I said, I never talked to Bruce directly was always his business partner Kristen who's super amazing too super cool she was the one who set up the intro and everything anyways or uh for the get-go but I just said uh hey we'd love to have Bruce and then she shot back she said would love to but um he'll get he said he can give you 20 minutes and with him I wasn't going to argue at all I was like yeah, oh absolutely yeah. well then when he popped on because uh, you know especially virtually I always give a quick rundown before I'm always especially with big time people I'm like hey you know give me a time frame not a limit but like a frame and then um let me know um, if there's anything you want to avoid, especially with like big topics. I, I, and some people are like, what do you mean? Like, what are you going to ask me about? I was like, I just like to throw it out there. You know, like um, some people like Roland, for example, he had some things he couldn't release because he had an NDA with the history channel. Oh, right. So he's like, if there's anything, that, keep going. Oh yeah. Anything that comes up, I will, uh, we'll let you know. I was like, okay. So um, I can't remember what I was thinking about with this topic. Well, but, um, time, I oh, with this thing with with time, um, Bruce pops up and then he's like, "Hey, he's like, sorry, he, and so humble. Oh my god, he said. Well, first thing he said was like, thanks for having me on the show.' And I was like, really? You're telling me that? Okay. And then he said, "Hey, uh, you know, uh, would give you a lot longer, but I'm doing my own podcast today, and you know, I'm doing this and this and this." He's like, so I was like, because I know your, you know, your business partner said about 20 minutes. He's like, yeah, he's like, just free float. He's like, maybe 20, 30 minute time cap. So he was, you know, just kind of giving the grid as well. But and he never once like looked at his watch or, you know, told me he had to go. He just let it free flow. And I always just was real self conscious and kind of set a timer for those type of people. Yeah. So I want to be respectful of your time. I just interviewed this guy William Henry who was on. I think he was kind of on the Ancient Aliens. Mm -hmm. If he wasn't, he's like in that kind of realm of ascended masters and ancient uh, Egypt and all the teachings of paintings from the Bible. Like, what does it mean? And not, you know, like those weird paintings where it'd be like, like a saint, but then you have like weird UFOs in the background or whatever. And like, what does all that mean? That was really fascinating. I do like the idea of higher consciousness. Um, but I want to go to, and we'll get back to that. I want to go to Pete, Pete and Pedro. Do you, do you have I do. a promo code? I, I did pull it up. I found it. So, uh, cause I had two different ones, but this one was authentic 15. There you go. So A U T H E N T I C one five. And that, uh, gives you 15% off. And the guy, Pete and Pedro.com. Yep. Pete okay. and Pedro.com. And they do all kinds of men's grooming stuff and yeah. they just keep expanding. And, um, I love the products. I love the sea salt spray and their hair putty. Um, their body wash and the shampoo is pretty awesome too. If you um, have like funky hair, that's where you go. Like yeah. I have crazy wild hair and it helps like tame it down. That's, that's another example of uh, asking. So I, when we were working with them, by the way, those guys are amazing. Their marketing team, they're super responsive. I felt like we were texting instead of emailing. They're so fast. Oh wow. 
Um, so love those guys and their products. But I had asked them, I'd say, if you guys ever have an opening, I would love to talk to uh, the guy. Aaron. Aaron. And they said, um, you know, obviously Aaron's super busy, and they said maybe in the future, but they connected me with another guy. Who? Uh, it was their director of marketing. His name was Michael something. I'd have to look it up. Okay. But I know, I know the whole team, kind of. Well, Minfluential is who he he works with but i think actually Peyton pedro is, is a separate from that but i know his management company i mean we sponsor his youtube videos one a quarter you, sh- you should ask to get I'm, him on then i am because they were super responsive and they said yes and um honestly i think that was kind of a deal where we have we just haven't scheduled it and i had my son in february and i'm you know it's it could be an excuse or a reason but my podcasting has been limited to that because i you know, play with him and then I get tired and then, and then I just be lazy too. I just need to do more of it. I'm not afraid to admit it, you know, but the Pete and Pedro guys, they'll definitely get you connected, especially since you're a sponsor. Yeah. I think that's, that's, that would help. That, uh, that always gets your foot in the door. Mm -hmm. Like, Hey, I'm paying you like uh, quite a bit of money. Can you just come on my show for an hour? And in my opinion, the, the people I talk to, if they didn't right away or whatnot, they're very responsive and friendly, whether they were like, we don't have time or we're not interested. But I find that hard to believe that they would do that because they said yes to me. wasn't uh, Aaron, but it was another gentleman. Right. But that's another example that I want to bring up too real quick about always asking. Um, I'm like you, I'm kind of a reader. And then um, I don't like do fiction, just not a fiction guy. I read, you know, self-help, inspirational, true stories. And uh, during 75 Hard, you got to read 10 pages a day minimum. Uh-huh. So I read uh, Tom Brady's book, TB12, which is uh, kind of dry, kind of repetitive. But, you know, Tom Brady's just won a Super Bowl at 43, extremely healthy. You know, probably 30. figure out what he's, what is he doing? Yeah, Do well, I can, I can tell you, or you can read the no, book. No, 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 tell me more. Yeah. I'm not going to read it. But uh, uh, after I read his book, I reached out to his head trainer or, you know, his contact email on his website because I read the book and I was like, okay, this guy got to, you know, still trains and, and uh, you know, mentor and, and be the fitness guy for Tom Brady. So it was like, I read his book. It was like, would love to have him on the podcast. Shot him an email and the company had basically said um, that he's really busy and he travels a lot and he's doing something, something that said, but we will keep you in mind for the future. And I was like, that email's amazing. Like, I love that. I was like, okay, maybe I'll email you guys again in six months or maybe they'll never do it. But the fact that they were just like, we would love to, maybe in the future, we'll let you know. You're saying there's a chance. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, one in a million. Yeah. I mean, there's, his name's Alex Guerrero, but it's the TB12 method. And long story short with Brady, um, he eats just super clean, which everyone needs to do. We all want to read these books and do things. We just need to do the right fundamental things. He doesn't, Mm -hmm. he doesn't eat junk. Um, he limits his red meats. He, he he does about as much organic as he can. So he talks about, like, you know, fruits and veggies to Americans. Um, you can get them anytime you want, right? Like, you can go to Walmart at midnight and get any fruit and veggie you want. That's not how it's supposed to be. He's like, I try to eat things that are truly in season. Yeah, and, and fresh I, off the vine, not yeah, like months old. Exactly. He's yeah. like, I try to buy it everything organic, farmer's market style. Limits his red meats and his, uh, you know, he's not a big drinker. Good. And a lot of his stuff is is what he calls pliability, which is just a ridiculous form and amount of stretching and loosening your muscles. Because he says guys in the NFL um, are really big into uh, bulking up and thinking that protects your structure. But he's like, he lengthens and stretches his muscles and calls it pliability. And that's that's his big ticket. And, you know, he's like, I drink probably two gallons of water a day. Whoa. Right? I'm doing one right now. And I I'm think doing that's quite a bit. I mean, I'll drink like two or three of these a day. And I just got this liquid IV stuff mm-hmm. from 
Rogan yep. sponsorship. Yeah, and, I've had it before. And I love I like it. I mean, because it says for every glass you drink, it's like getting three times the amount, whether that's true or not. Sure. Um, I, I, it's easy. It seems it tastes pretty good. And, and Brady's uh, a big component of that too, is like getting electrolytes, adding extra electrolytes into your water. Um, a little bit of salt probably. Yep. Just yeah. stuff like that. It's real basic and fundamental, which, yeah. which kind of takes me back to a lot of my points is, you know, people, and I'm guilty, guilty of them, trying new diets, trying new food, you know, that I need to do this, I need to be a runner, I need to be a cross crossfitter. Yeah. It's really doing the simple, easy shit over and over and over that gets boring and dry and not fun. Yeah. Fundamentals. For the most part. Yeah. Diet is key. Chips. Chips are probably not the best. I got these little candies over here, and they're smart they're smart sweets, and they they're good? three grams, eh, pretty good enough. Because I got like a sweet tooth, and you like my wife, yeah, and, and it's way less sugar. Now I don't know if there's substituting that sugar with some other harmful chemical, you know, with that I, with a name I can't pronounce, but I'm eating them, and it it is less sugar, and I'm leaning up. A, a little bit more. It is summertime, though. I think that kind of happens naturally yeah. for me. The wife and I are doing, like I told you before, 75 hard. Yeah. I would. Uh, now, you look, in my opinion, pretty good shape. So That's you right. may not need to do that. But No, I need to do it. Tell me, tell me, it's Andrew Frisella's, he put out his own kind of program. I know I was, I bought his book called The Power List mm-hmm. back in the day. And I used to listen to him religiously, the MFCEO. Yep. I think he changed it to the Andy Frisella show or something. Yeah. Does he still have that co-host that he used to have, or do you know what I'm talking about? I do know a little bit, but I don't listen to his stuff a lot. Okay. I, I won't. I won't lie and say I do. Good. But uh, his What's program your, is cool. You, and tell us about that. Real my quick. wife. My wife has uh, always enjoyed first form products, and yeah. I'm not a huge supplement guy, but I've taken them. Uh, she likes theirs because it's uh, it's like the you can take the pre workout that did make you jittery and all like cranked out, but um, I've seen it a hundred times. It was like 75 hard challenge, and it looks pretty tough and intense, and then. I get in this mood where I'm all in or all out. And then when I get on something, I'm in like, like if I'm eating junk food, unfortunately I'm like all in, I'm like, oh, I'll start over Monday. But then if I get on a program, I'm like cutthroat and I'm like not cutting any corners, but I've seen people do it. And I was like, I need, I need to change boost cause I'm getting chunky again. So like, let's look at 75 hard and it is Andrew Frisella's challenge. I know one of them is read, uh, you have to work out, out outside for like an hour or 45 minutes. 45 minutes, yeah. One, two, outside. Yep. Two workouts a day, but one has to be outdoors. And and they're 45 minutes each, though? One they're, inside? And yeah, one. it has to be 45 minutes. One has to be outside. And, and then and it could be cardio and weights or whatever. Yeah, it's real. The reason I like the, the challenge, too, is because it's very, it's very custom. Like, it's not... Uh, like you get to pick your stuff. He doesn't tell you like he doesn't have a workout plan for you, and he doesn't have a diet plan for you either, because he doesn't he doesn't want to tell you how to eat. He says you you know you're gonna know your body the best. He's like, but you need to pick a diet and stick to it and follow it, you know. Like he's like, I'm not gonna tell you to cut out carbs or this and this. You do what you want, but stick to it and follow it. So it's two 45 minute workouts. One has to be outside. Um, no cheat meals. No alcohol. Ten pages a day. Gallon of water and a, pr- a progress picture. He's like, you know, even if you don't, you're not feeling great that day, he's like, you need to take a progress picture. So, okay. Um, so it's very easy and very fundamental, but it's, it's good. What was the diet though? Well, the diet is, it's all up to you, but he, you know, he kind of has that integrity deal. It's like, you know, he, cause he's a bigger guy and he's like, 
you know, I'm going to do things my way. You're going to do yours. You know, if, if you need to cut low carbs or if you want to do keto or if you want to do, um, you know, whatever it is, he just says, you pick your diet and you follow it. And, you know, that's where your kind of integrity comes in. He's not, he's like, I'm not going to babysit you. You know what to eat. So like, if, if you're like, oh, my diet, you know, includes um, Culver's ice cream. Like, obviously you're not being honest with yourself, right? So here's the tasks in, in order. First workout, second workout, progress pick, 10 pages of reading, gallon of water, follow diet, no cheap meals, or no alcohol. I like it. Simple. You know, open to you. So, like with you, like our diet is not going to look the same. Like you're smaller than me. I'm, a, I'm, you know, I'm 220 pounds. You're 155. Um, I might eat, you know, 2,200 calories a day, where you're eating, you know, 1,600 or something. Or you're like, maybe you're a big keto guy. You're like, I'm going to do the keto diet, and I'm going to be like, nah, I'm going to eat low carb or something. So it's all about just kind of holding yourself accountable and, and following it. So, but me and the wife are on day 55 of 75. Damn, son. Feels and you good. can chart. You know, that the cool thing, I guess. And the downfall, though, would be that you can start at any any time. Yep. I started it the day I got back from Vegas. <coughs> the next day. What I like about it, or what I would like better if it happened, like everybody in the, around the world was doing it at the same time, kind of like Sober October, mm-hmm. because of the, like just accountability or something, or you're not doing it alone. Yep. I, I'm I'm a team sure. player. If, if my whole team... One was like, we're all going to not smoke weed. We're going to do this and this and that. And I, I feel like I could get on board with that. But when you're, I'm like, what if you try to do it alone, even though you want it for yourself to become a better person, it's like, I'm not going to do it if you're not doing it. I would definitely recommend trying the challenge. Okay. And I, I mean, both the wife and I are pretty much the same in the fact that, you know, cause they're like, he's like, if you forget to take your progress picture one day and you fall asleep, he's like, you start over. I'm not starting over. Uh, I'm doing it or I'm not. I, yeah. I mean, I've done, you know, a workout at like 11 p.m. at night because I like, you know, we took a road trip and we had to squeeze it in. And then uh, so we're, we're the same way. Some people start over. I'm not starting over. I'm doing it and I'm knocking it out. And some days are better than others, right? Oh, and you got an app for it? Yeah, he has an app. That's smart. You don't have to download it. But I know, it, but that probably helps you oh, keep it does. track. I would recommend it. So, yeah, you see we're on day 55 and we've. Checked off 54 days. Wow. So like today I've done, I went for a run slash walk with my son this morning, took my progress picture. Um, and then the the diet and the no cheat meals and alcohol are kind of automatic ones if you don't do them. Like, so those are checked. And I've had, I've drank a half a gallon. And then I kind of stopped before I came here because I don't want to like take, yeah, take pee breaks. So just got to do my reading at night, finish my water and get in another workout. And what are you reading? Right now I'm reading Wheat Belly. Wheat Belly, you were saying that earlier. Yes. About the, this, the this diets yeah. that were uh, gluten probably is that is wheat gluten I think so the, I'm only about sixty pages in so this doctor who's a he's a cardiologist preventative cardiologist in like Milwaukee started Wheat Belly and he talks about how like gluten is only a portion of the problem with wheat long you know and, and there's a ton of science terms in there that I'm way too stupid to comprehend or, or reciprocate. But he talks about how our, the wheat we eat nowadays is just so genetically modified and manufactured over and crossbred that it's just terrible for us. Mm. And that's why he claims that's why Americans are so obese today, in addition with the other things like being sedentary and, you know, McDonald's on every quarter mile you go. But he's like, a big part of it is wheat. He's like, okay. the, the wheat we eat is not the wheat our grandparents ate. He's like, you know, he claims, and I mean, 
shit, he's way smarter than I am, right? I kind of believe him. I noticed when I cut out a lot of wheat, like tortillas and breads, I slimmed down. I think that's everyone. But he said that eating two whole pieces of wheat bread is almost the same, will make your sugar spike more than like four to five tablespoons of sugar. Mm -hmm. He's like, wheat bread can do things to your blood sugar just like raw sugar can. But people don't, you know, you're like, oh, I'm going to eat toast with my eggs. But if you're like, I'm going to eat sugary uh, with my eggs, you're like, no, right? Right. He's like, but people don't know that. So No, they don't know. We don't know a lot of stuff that's being fed to us and the con- and the consequences that mm-hmm. are long-term. And then he talks about the, how kind of one of those deals where, uh, like, in, uh, I'm paraphrasing, maybe the 70s or 80s, there was like a nutritional kick that basically said, like, fat is bad for you. Mm-hmm. And then came in, they're like, you know, you need to eat five to seven whole grains a day. And then, like, the American Heart Association backed it mm-hmm. and all these deals. And he's like, um, not necessarily true. Yeah, it was backwards. And who who came up? I mean, fat is not that bad for you, especially, like, good fat, like avocado yep, and almonds coconut. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then all these grains and yep. pastas and breads. Is getting fat good for you? I mean, because that's what happens when you eat a lot of dough, bread, right. grains. And then, like, he had said, like, a lot of his clients come in, we're like, well, like, I'm not eating bagels and muffins and breads and uh, tortillas. And there's like, well, what, you know, wheat is in a lot of things. And he's like, well, like, a lot of things that, like, uh, like pretzels, like healthy style pretzels, stuff like that. What about say? beer? Beer, for sure. Yeah, I think that one's a given. So, But and, I know, but like... Is that a, the bad wheat? Is it all? Is all wheat bad wheat? So I'm only sixty pages in. So I, and you know I, I can't take too much to the bank. But I would assume that the wheat and beer is probably not the best for you. Because I mean, beer's already not good. For you. Exactly. And then you yeah. Add wheat to it. Exactly. It's like double bad. But wheat belly is good. It's very interesting. If you're gonna drink beer, don't drink wheat beer. Maybe I'm drinking this milk stout that I I don't really like beer. Um, but I came across it was a coffee stout. And then, but apparently any kind of stout, like again, a stout, but these, so like a coffee stout, you would think it has coffee in it, but it doesn't. Right. Is it, is it good? Yeah, it's great. What's it called? Just the coffee stout. There's so many of them now. Yeah. Beers are so unique. Mm-hmm. I see like, you know, all these fruity beers, jalapeno you, beers. Well, and, and the seltzers. Are oh, all yeah. The thing. We're doing like this fake seltzer release, a sheath seltzer. <laughs> just because everybody's making a seltzer, we're not doing it. But it, we just made this image that we're releasing it as a gag for like April Fool's or something. Have you heard of Happy Dad? The Nelk Boys? The Nelk Boys. Oh, yeah. Everybody knows the Nelk Boys. Yeah. I love them. We've been trying to work with them. They're fucking, they just met Trump. At the UFC they're thing, everywhere. Yeah, yeah. They're they were in Abu Dhabi, and my brother's been following them for the longest time. And yeah, and the I, main guy's not even American. And oh, he's met Trump like three or four times. Canada is he? Yeah, he's Canadian. He's funny. <laughs> he Those is guys funny. Are so funny. If you haven't seen the Nelk Boys, watch some of their old pranks where they're oh my gosh blowing smoke in, in people's <laughs> faces. Those big smoke clouds from the vape. Yeah, those obnoxious ones. That's super funny. And, oh yeah. Like, did you see the Did you see the deal where they uh, took that guy on? like a bachelor party and he fought Justin Gaethje? Uh-uh. Oh, you didn't? No. You got to go watch it. I don't know if you mean to let you surprise it or spoil it for you. It's up to you. Go but, ahead. Okay. So they take this guy to Vegas, like he won their package or something and they take him to do all kinds of stuff. And then they take him to the gym and they're like, and I'm sure Dana hooked it up, but they're like, if you can spar Justin Gaethje for, I, I want to say it was like a minute or something, something small, you get like tickets to 245 or whatever. 
And so they strap him up. And I had an idea they might do this, but they get in there and Justin doesn't really go too hard on him. He kind of just toys with him. But it was still cool because the kids, like, he didn't know that. At least I don't think he did. So he put the gear on and starts going towards Gaethje and kind of holding up. And it's really funny. Kind of cool. I'll have to watch it. You don't have to spoil it any further. I uh, Have you ever, like, fought anyone? Uh, like an eighth grade. <laughs> yeah. Not, I've, I've been in like one or two fights, but I'm not like an aggressive person, so not a lot. Yeah. I was telling this story to someone the other day when I was in the army. We took combatives courses, which was basically like jujitsu. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even they would use the army uniform as a gi and we yep. would do chokes. And I love that. Like, I've seen yeah. that stuff. Very cool. But, and then there was levels to it and you could get combatives level one, two, up to four. And I was training for two and i went to the gym where the combatives training was done and nobody was in there except the coach so it was just like me and him and he was taking it you know upon himself to just train me directly and somehow it came up that we were going to spar because i want to spar maybe Mm -hmm. i'm running my mouth a little bit and we put but we put on all this gear i mean it was head to toe gear like shin pads elbow pads helmet body sh- like pads it was weird because the fight was over in like two seconds because he just like knocked he i don't know what he did he knocked you out he basically i didn't i didn't like knock out but it was like knocked to the ground so hard that i didn't want to get back up right Damn. away or do what you know do that anymore so what did that do for you do you think that toughened you up or do you think it opened your eyes to how like fighting could be or i think it opened my eyes to how big of a difference there can be in opponents, you know, from a skill level to size and you don't, there's, there's levels, you know, and, and you want to, a match, a fair matchup rather than, you know, this giant versus, uh, David versus Goliath or whatever. Sure. I tell people all the time, like, like I said, the, the kickboxing I do is like very limited. I don't try to be one of those guys. that's like, yeah, I trained this, right. this, this. like, dude, I'm in beginner to middle tier kickboxing. Like it's mainly a workout and to learn the art. Yeah. Like there's not a lot of contact in there, yeah. but on days that you, you know, per se, turn it up a little bit. I'm just, I, I always think I'm like, I can't imagine if my partner here, I was in a real fight and he's really trying to kick my ribs in, you know, it's easy to watch UFC with uh, you know, chicken wings and beer and be like, Oh, I can't believe he didn't make it out of the first round. And then you go in there and they're like, Hey, you know, give it, you know, give him, give him a little heat on your kick or, you know, kind of, kind of touch the head. And you're just like, these guys are a new level. And I mean, I'm a bigger guy, but someone who knows what they're doing, it doesn't matter how big they are. If they know what they're doing, they'll get after it. Oh, they, yeah. So I've se- I saw this YouTube video not too long ago, these smaller guys like my size walking up to guys like your size. That it, it, There were football players. Mm-hmm. I think probably a lot of people saw it. And the football player was talking shit and the little guy was kind of just laughed. He just smiled with his friend. He just laughed. He goes, here we go. And he slapped him and then like took him down and then did some kind of weird yeah. guillotine and like the guy was passed out and like really fast. You probably, do you see that? I, there's so much on there. Yeah. It just depends. Was it, it was probably like five months ago or whatever. And they were like college students, I think uh, was Ohio it? or Nebraska. Okay. You're, I think you're talking about uh, Oklahoma Sooners. Probably. Yes. Are they in like a bar bathroom? Yeah. 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 Okay. So, yeah. cause I'm from Oklahoma. Everybody's OU fan. The kids were, I think they were wrestlers at OU. If not, they were like, they, you know, they trained jujitsu or whatnot, and the guys were a foot on the football team. Uh, like I said, you know, the football players like my size, probably six two, six three, two hundred, and the other guys, what five, six, you know, a buck seventy. And like I said, he just snaps him in, locks him in, and and not only did that, like I said, he 
popped him pretty good with a fist. I, th I feel like he slapped him and then did that. Yeah. I love a slap. I'm a big fan of the slap. And I, I was Stockton talking slap. to Bryce Stockton slap, exactly. And he and that's it's genius because, he, you know, I was talking to Bryce Mitchell about it and you just get more, that's like, in some cases, four more inches of reach. And it's a if, little demeaning too, right? Yeah. You're like, yeah, I just slapped you like, yeah. you know, because like, like a, we're rolling and fighting and then it's like, I just slapped you. What are you going to do? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then they funny. get all mad and then yeah. come in and... Psh. You see those those memes with uh, uh, Brandon Moreno is one of them, one of your guys, man. Yeah. By the way, congrats on that. But Shout out to Brandon. He's coming on. Like, is he really? It's already agreed. Yeah, yeah, for Dude. sure. He's the, now, I think he might take the NMF from uh, Steven, the nicest motherfucker. Yeah, he's... He, uh, so sweet. There's a meme of him. You know, he, he's wearing like, you know, he's like a big anime or a cartoon mm -hmm. guy, and he's wearing like one of his shirts. And it's like, you know, imagine telling somebody this guy's going to whoop your ass. Yeah, exactly. But then it's like, he will. Dude, his form, I love watching him fight because the way he like locks, he's something with his shoulders, and it's just like they're hinges. And he, it, I feel like there's something to be learned from Can you, how. If you can get a question in for me with him, I got a good one maybe for you. Please, him. no, I would love that. Because obviously, you know, he got cut from the UFC. Probably yeah, didn't want that. Right? Just say, you know, why do you think you got cut? Do you think it's because you're, you know, you're not a flashy uh, shit talker, or do you think like you, at that point in your career, maybe you weren't doing as hot as you were? That's a but question. how does how does this guy who uh, you know is the champion and in pretty good fashion of domination? How did you get cut from the UFC? That to me, from the naked eye, looks like a huge mistake on the UFC. Maybe like I said, maybe he's you know because he's not a shit talker, and the UFC loves a good a good trash talker. Mm -hmm. But I would I would like to know that because I mean he was on the contender series, and then he gets you know gets cut. He only had like two losses, and then he gets cut. I yeah, mean, that doesn't make sense. Connor's well, Connor's a different story, but he's well, won one fight in well, five years. So. You know that made me think of Jason Knight, who was on this killer terror. Do you know who that is? <clears throat> he's like from Louisiana, this country boy. He has these huge demon wings on his back but he's turned jesus like 100 percent, which is great ufc guy or? yeah he was and he got cut yeah look him up because then he went to like lfa then he, he just fought for game bread fighting alliance oh, yeah. which we sponsored that show and it was cool we might do it again you know who i'd like to talk to is uh and i've never asked but i could try is ali oh yeah do you know do you yeah. like him uh I've, i mean i've only He's a hustler. He manages everybody. He manages all the motherfuckers. He's got like so many champions. Gaethje for sure. And uh, Habib. Triple C was on there when he. Usman. Yeah. I mean, lots of champions. Khabib, yeah. And, you know, he lived here for a little bit. Uh-uh. Yeah. He was on Mike Tyson's show. I remember Connor called him like this slimy little <laughs> rat or rat, yeah. weasel or something. Terrorist rat. <laughs> yeah. So, and, so the, and that was my only glimpse of an opinion of him. So I immediately thought he was a scumbag. <laughs> right. Yeah. I know my brother always says that like it just being funny, but, uh, I listened to him on Tyson's and, uh, Mike Tyson's podcast yeah. and he lived here for two or three years training at the Olympic center. Wow. So, I mean, I don't know what, what his background is, honestly. I know he's foreign, but he must not have been too big of a terrorist cause he was like training at the Olympic center, Yeah. but he named, cause I, you know, I've only lived here for about a year, but he named a bar that he used to bounce at downtown on Tejon street. What's his, do you know his whole name? Uh, Ali Abdelaziz. That's okay. See, we just, start, I thought that was true because we just started working with this kid. Shout out to Abdulaziz. This kid made this commercial for us. He's 17 years old and it, we won't stay on this, but his name is Abdulaziz and he made an amazing uh, commercial based off of this um, 
we went to a fashion show, first fashion show we'd ever done, and it was in Fort Collins two weeks ago. I met this kid there, and just he was like fascinated with the story, and he was like super. He was like Joe Rogan. I listened to Joe Rogan and all these things, and we started talking about the company, and he just was inspired somehow from you know the story of it all. And and he's a model. No, he 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 was a cameraman. He was oh. working for another brand there. It's a good day for a great day. They make shirts, pretty cool shirts. Good good day for a great day. I like the positivity. He was shooting for them, and I was like, since you're here, when my team goes out, or when our models go out, can you shoot it? And he he did it, and you know, I paid him like a fraction of what I would have paid some huge you company. Know. Yeah. yeah, exactly. He just happened. He's 17, and he loved it, and. And that's how you, and well, that's how you, I was going to say build relationships, but he was, he was offering to, he was already taking some footage for us to add, you know, promote us on his blog, just kind of for fun and for free. And, and that's how it's like giving. I was telling him about like giving mm -hmm. also and how a lot of people, they want to just be, pay, you know, paid up front. Like I'm not doing anything until you pay me. And because he was offering it for free, I liked, you know, he's, it was like speaking my language. And so I, I ended up giving him some money, but that's like a huge thing that like probably the reason why Bruce Buffer came on your show is because he knows that principle. It's like, if I give this kid, uh, you know, a, some of my time, it's going to make a huge impact on his life. It's not that big of a deal for me. Right. And, and, everybody wins and you know well that that's something i've tried to hold to because i has not like I've been asked to be on many get podcasts but i've been on this would be my fourth nice. but because i do like I, I try to like i join a lot of groups on facebook to read and a lot of it is junk but i filter through it and i met a cool guy uh from ireland i follow his podcast he has a ton of mma fighters on i'll send it to you but uh very similar to me hell we even kind of look like it was like well this is kind of strange but um i've met people like that you know internet friends per se network and all that but um, I've been asked to be on four things, and this could change, right? But for my time being, my my mindset is to never say no to anybody, right? Because how could I say no when Bruce said yes to me? Because I'll be honest, like I said, you know, one of his customers per se. But how many customers does he have? And two, um, if he told me no, he would never, never. He's never going to see me. Right. He's never going to know. Uh, you know, his the thing I bought from him is a one-time deal. It's not like I subscribe to his monthly deal, so it's not like he's losing a customer. I already bought it. Yeah, exactly. And then two... Um, that was on Cameo, right? Uh, no, well, he does them on Cameo, but this was actually through his website because I try to be genuine and authentic with it. And uh, technically, if you buy someone's Cameo, you're not allowed to use it for reproduction. For sure. So I went through his actual website and they got like the audio and it's not a one-time deal. Like I probably could have done it through Cameo. And yeah, like, but you don't want to be exactly. taking someone's image and likeness for your benefit without giving them, at least letting them know. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, the goal was to make them. good money one day from it. And if I ever got run into issues, you know, that's like, hey, I could sue you technically. No, and it's a, such a great intro. Yeah. The thank authentic you. podcast with Justin... Doulard. Yeah, when he when he did it, I because I'm a huge fan. I wasn't so certain that it wasn't going to be corny though, because I was like, we'll see how it goes. Right. Because like this could be really corny and tacky. Yeah. And I'd be honest with you if I thought it was. But in my opinion, when I heard it, I was like, holy shit, he freaking killed it, man. Yeah, he did. I thought when this I heard it, I was like, get the fuck out of here. Are you like, how did you do this? Yeah. Yeah. People that randomly listen to it, like new listeners, they'd be like, dude, how did you get this? And then I'm like, and then I got him on. And then people, when I put that out, they're like, how did you get him on? And I'm like, 
dude, I just, I emailed him, asked him, and he's a freaking humble guy. I just thought of, he's on uh, Bisping's podcast, but it's from a fight, you know, Mm -hmm. he mentioned, you know, it's like, and new undisputed middleweight champion of the world, Michael, the count, Bisping. That's how their podcast starts. When I, uh, it's really cool. When I put it out, the episode on my Facebook, I put, it was a little fact, because I I can't remember what day I had him on. I'd say it was like May 15th or something, I can't remember, because it was not that long ago. I was like... On April 15th, this guy was on Mike Tyson's podcast. On May 15th, he's on mine. It's like, oh shit. That's crazy for perspective, right? Yeah, that I is mean, funny. Yeah. That's hilarious. I, lo- I do love Mike's stuff, by the way. Um, I'll be honest, I, I'm a Tyson fan, but his voice is hard to, to deal with sometimes, but his guests are awesome. Really? Oh, yeah. Do you listen or no? No, it's hard for me to get. Like, I have enough podcasts that I listen to. I know, I it's know. like, I cannot listen way. to anymore. And like, I feel bad because people want to, no, like, want me to listen to their podcast and I'm like, meh, I like my, I like the podcast I listen to. That's another thing that I try and do with people is anyone who says they listened or, or if I send something and they don't get around to it, I try not to get upset or bent mm-hmm. out shape because there's so much out there. And that's why, and it's not a popular opinion, but with, uh, you know, my stuff is all sporadic. Like I've had so many different guests, but I feel like it, serves different people because I feel like when you're so centrally focused, you kind of just weed people out mm-hmm. and you only hit that one group. No. So like if I had, cause I love MMA and I have a lot of MMA topics on right. it, but if I did it every single week, no. there's certain people. So some people draw into different episodes and that's how I am. Yep. Me too. Like with Rogan, especially with now with Rogan, he's doing so many. I can't, yeah. I'm not, I'm only going to listen to like and one so out of 10. Yeah. Anymore. And they're so long. Yeah. So, like, for example, when he had on Post Malone, me and my brother were super pumped. And I'll be honest, it was highly disappointing. Yeah. It was four hours, and I get it. They were, you know, whacked out of their mind. But they talked about bugs for like an hour. And yeah, sometimes like, it does get into some dark, some territories where I'm like, I'm just, I don't, I'm not a fan of your, the cars sometimes. And mm-hmm. Yeah, because I don't know anything about cars. And It's like, I like certain guests. And usually it's like the first, the, you know, the first wave when they come back on, like, it's usually returning guests. Yeah. Well, I like, I like David Sinclair, the life extension people, certain comedians, like his really close, like if Ari Shafir goes on or um, I don't listen to Brian Redband. Like if he goes on there, I'm like, whatever. But did you listen to, uh, cause you do listen to Theo Vaughn? Right? Yeah, I love Theo Vaughn. Did you listen to the one with uh, Jimmy Johns, the founder of Jimmy Johns? No. That was good. And I'm, then the founder of Raising Canes? No. So those are both chains. I yeah. Know, you know, I know you like local biz Absolutely. and all that. But uh Jimmy John's was good, but the the Raising Cane's founder and CEO, hell of a dude. His his principles are cool. He's you know basically he's like, uh, you know I, when I started in college, he's like I actually like working a fry line. He's like frying food. He's like I kind of like the hustle and bustle. And he just talks about Raising Cane's and how it's simple. And people told him he was like I'm gonna open up you know chicken uh, strips or chicken fingers, and they were like no, there's too many of those. And he was like I don't care. Mine's gonna be good, simple. And I'm going to do it. But then he talked about how he knows he's a franchise and a corporation, but during the pandemic, he helped out a lot of local businesses because they weren't, their model wasn't ready for that. Wow. He's like, with Raising Cane's, he's like, there's three menu options. Most people come through the drive-thru. It's like a, a five-minute grab-and-go. He's like, these local businesses, they're not, they weren't meant up for to go. People come in to eat. Right. They know the owner. He, so he did a lot of consult, free consulting and a lot of donations to these people. So basically he just, you know, 
sounds like a hell of a guy. Just kind of stated that he knows his model, but he also appreciates the local biz and encourages you to go see those guys. Like, for going to come back so. to him. That's yeah. the kind of shit that will that with win good will from the people, you know, and and the people that you were helping. That's how it all circles back. I mean, I I was talking with this guy in San Antonio named Cameron Davies, and he ha- he's on like Nat Geo. He built he builds mods. Uh, he modifies trucks and turns them into like supercars or super trucks. And so he's making money, but then he, he started a gym and then he sponsors fighters and he's help and he, he gives the fighters jobs and same with these rap slash musician artists. Like he's helping all these people who are trying to come up and he, cause he has a bit of a foundation for that assistance to, to be available. And I think ultimately it just builds you're uh, more. You get you get more fans because you're helping these people, and the people that they're associated with are probably gonna like really appreciate you as an as a company. When we sponsor fighters, my hope is that their whole family appreciates it. Might not be the case, but if you're out there, that's what I'm expecting. So, well, and then you learn too. Like I know I I I don't remember a lot of like hard like educational stuff like in school like i mean i'm not not dumb but like i don't remember certain things like i'm terrible at math and all that but i i when i meet people i don't forget stories they tell me or certain ones and i think that's why i do well at this and talking with people and i like it goes back to that i remember when you told me you guys uh, sponsored somebody in the nba and you right. you thought it would be amazing and all this and then you're like it sucked yeah yeah because he you know it was just a chore for him you right. checked it off the list and he like barely did it and you ended up he asked for your money back, and he did send it to you, right? He ultimately gave us most of our money. I think he gave yeah. us all but a thousand, which is fine. Yeah, but that makes me think about that: is you live and you learn. You know, mm-hmm. you're like, man, maybe I want to, you know, I would like to have an NFL player, an NBA player. But then, I, you know, and maybe eventually you will, and maybe it'll work out because mm-hmm. they're not all like that. But of course, I think where you're at is perfect because these guys are hungry and they're appreciative. And we've said this time and time again on on my show and on and when we've talked. These these guys in the MMA are a little more appreciative, and they're just so so much more down home than the big stars. Yes. So I, I do think most of the people that you sponsor appreciate it, and I if they so. don't, clearly you found out. Yeah. Like the NBA guy might have burned you on basketball players, and maybe someone will come up and change it. But uh, leading into that, have you have you kept up with the, the the deal they did with the NCAA, the college kids? I just heard. Are you going to try to get in on that? We're going to try to get. I want golfers. Because I know you said that. I'm, I'm just that's a demographic that I feel like we because people watch golf got freaking money, man. They got money, and a lot of our competitors are already in that field, like market, mm-hmm. and they're doing well. And you can get cool shots of them on the course where it's beautiful like a beautiful picture. background, yeah. mm-hmm. and usually sometimes they're decent looking. I don't know. I mean, that plays a part. Most golfers are actually in really good shape. So. And they're, yeah, they're, yeah, and the, so. It's that's a good demo. We're thinking wrestling because of the, uh, because of the fighting aspect of it, which is kind of just is in line with what we're currently doing. You gonna try to look for like maybe college golfers? Yeah, since you can do that now with the, exactly. the kids. Exactly, and that's another group that might be appreciative. Is you know the first year these kids can make money on it, and I think. I think the NCAA was crooked for a long time, and I think a lot of the kids on there, especially not the big stars, a lot of them aren't trying to go to college to get rich. There, a lot of them are trying to just, you know, pay the bills and eat. Because, I mean, you know, like, uh, say, for example, you go to college at OU, University of Oklahoma. I mean, you're in the city or in Norman, like an apartment's probably 
thirteen or fourteen hundred dollars a month. Say you, you know, say you move there from uh, Texas or Florida, and you don't have a lot of family. Family doesn't have a lot of money, and your scholarship might cover a little. But I mean, and you're and those guys, they don't have time to work. I mean, they're on the yeah, field, and and we can really help them out and get that 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 ends meet. Yeah, yeah. Heaven like, heaven forbid they actually have a major where they're trying to actually learn study. and not take bluff classes. Like they don't yeah. have time, so. Yeah, no, and that's where I feel like we do these smaller deals with these guys, and it'll impact them for the rest of their life potentially. And we might work together indefinitely because as we grow and as we bring on new people, we sometimes we part our ways and sometimes we don't. Um, so, I, and, and if if it's a mutually beneficial relationship, then we'll just keep it going, and that means they don't have to work. All they got to do is take their shirt off and do an Instagram post and flex. And yeah. I meant, to, I, meant, I meant to ask you, uh, I noticed you sponsored my buddy, Aaron. How, Which one? Uh, Aaron, yeah, sure. Aaron McKenzie and oh, L- yeah. LFA. Mm-hmm. How did, how did that come about? Did he reach out to you or did you guys reach out to him or? I feel like he's probably represented by. Oh, he does have a management um, company. Iridium sports, which, and it might be this other dude, this other company there. I, there's about three different agencies for, a bunch, actually. Yeah, Aaron. Um, Aaron was in my fraternity. Oh so. wow. Let's see. Uh, Iridium. Ridi- yeah. Yeah, that's it. Let me see a picture of him. Okay. Yeah, he's uh, ten, two, and one, and he he trains under Lovato. See. He's an Oklahoma I guy. I love that tattoo. Yeah, actually, I think that's just one of his that's loading. But I think there's one on here with uh, yeah. There's your mask, the sheath mask. Oh, that's such a cool picture too. Yeah. Yeah. No, his tattoo's pretty gnarly. Um, Let me dude, see it, dude. That picture? Yeah. yeah. Tough son of a bitch too. I'm just gonna point it right. Yeah. Here. Maybe you guys put put that in the clip. clip yeah, that in. shout out to Aaron if he listens. So that's a. Uh, I'd like to see. I want to get all these guys on the show and keep having good conversations, talking about what it takes to become whatever they're you know a champion or just get in the ring. So my buddy, uh, my internet buddy, never met him, but we talk all the time. Uh, his name's Darren Potts. He has the podcast. He just had James Gallagher on. You know him. Bellator. Jim Gallagher? Just kidding. Gallagher. <laughs> James Gallagher that looks like a little Conor McGregor no, in Bellator? No, I don't think so. Um, this guy right here. Oh, wow. He's from Dublin. Nice. Yeah, he just had him on. Wow. Same thing. He just reached out and asked, and he's had a couple other guys on. Good ones, too. He's a really good podcaster. I tried to take notes from him because I always try to like improve, and I feel like he does really well. He had a – what's this? I can't – Eric Nixick, head coach at uh, Extreme Couture. Mm-hmm. So he had Nganu's coach on. Mm-hmm. And all he did was just reach out and ask him, and that was a great episode. Talked about how he got started training at uh, Extreme Couture, and then he ended up buying the gym from Randy Couture. Wow. Yep. And then you know, obviously Francis is on top of the world right now. Well, he was until they kind of stripped the belt from him per se. But oh yeah. But yeah, no. Why is that happening? Because he didn't want to fight Derek Lewis. I you know you read different things, so it's all speculation. But I. Uh, I think they said he they wanted to make a match and he wasn't gonna be ready till like maybe September October. But they're fighting in August, so it's like that's thirty extra days, you know. Hmm. Habib had a vacant belt for like six months. Yeah. Well, I want you know I want him to just fight Jones. I wouldn't mind if I wouldn't mind if Stipe fought Jones and this Derek Lewis fight happens again with with Ngannou. But of course that first fight was lackluster. I'm sh- I hope they wouldn't do that again because that would be so embarrassing. I actually had to go back and rewatch that because I didn't for some reason I didn't watch the first one and you know they're like yeah I was I just remember seeing that like, it's one of the most boring fights in the UFC and I was like really so I go back and I was like oh my god how how like did this happen circling each other the whole time if yeah. my memory serves me I think. 
three do punches you, uh, do you think would you take francis or john jones in that one if you had to pick uh, i want to see him standing up next to each other but because i would i would instinctively say Nganu, but then i'd be a little bit jones is a better fighter i think and but, he, he you know when he thickens up it's it's i mean you you know his brothers right? yeah okay yeah they're yeah. defensive ends in the nfl so yeah. like clearly these guys are meant for sports but and when you're dn in the nfl you're going to be about what he's trying to get at like 240 260 270 weight wise so i mean john's probably he probably carries that a lot more well than people think because you know the fact that he could get down to 205 and be so aloof is pro- elusive is probably pretty impressive yeah so it took me a long time to really appreciate everything that he did and i just i hated i kind of hated him for some reason you know sometimes i'm not just, a, i'm not a fan yeah. of his of him but i'll never deny his talent ever yeah something changed over like not too long ago where i'm just like he's just lost and he's trying to do the best he can he you know he you know we're all sinners and in the eyes of the lord and he is assuredly that but then he goes and tries to redeem himself but but it looks like bullshit you know it looks like he's doing it for the cameras and maybe he is but i'm gonna give him the benefit of the doubt and say he's not and he's trying but he's falling short and uh and something you know he's he's i see him more as a human now you know, maybe some of his fights were a little bit closer. I like that. I like when you don't. I would almost have liked him more if he would have lost somewhere along the line, not to Matt Hamill or Mark. Probably not, because um, that didn't count, right? But that was the deaf guy. Do you remember that? Where mm-hmm. he got, there was he got like DQ'd for. Oh, was that his DQ? Or yeah. Okay, I yeah. I didn't know that was his name. I wasn't. I didn't He's watch a, back then. He was so. a deaf deaf guy. He won. He won. Um, he. I think he won the Ultimate Fighter on the season that Bisping was on, but then Bisping ultimately ended up being the champion. And but Jones just being so dominant ultimately, I don't like that. I want to see a loss, but a comeback. Right. But in eh. not just dominate every single time. Yeah. That's kind of like a, I don't know if you're. I don't think you're a huge football guy, but like in the NCAA, the big teams that are like so like the Alabama Crimson Tide, like the Clemsons, mm-hmm. the Florida Oklahoma Sooners, all those guys. Their first two games, they open up with like tiny, tiny schools, and now every now and then they'll get an upset, but usually it's like sixty to seven the score. Uh-huh. It's like a warm up game for them, and they actually pay those schools to do that. But you know, as a fan. Everyone loves it because it's like 67, but it's like... It's like a slaughter. <laughs> at halftime, they're up by seven touchdowns. Yeah. It's never close. Right. I mean, last year, the spread bet for OU's opening game was 55 points, and they won by 55 points. Oh, my God. Yeah, because they play these these teams that are nowhere near their level. And like that's like you... I, I don't like watching it. It's fun to see them light up the scoreboard for a little bit, but then you're like, okay, this one's over. At halftime, we'll turn exactly. it off. Right. But when they play... Um, Texas, it's always a big rival. OU versus Texas, always a big rivalry. It goes so not like last year, a couple of years ago, it went to like triple overtime, and you're on the edge of your seat. It's super fun. I'm with you. I don't like first round finishes. I don't like. I mean, sometimes I do, but I want to see a dirty Dan Hooker, Dustin Poirier five yeah. round fight. You're like, okay, this could come down to the last thirty seconds. Right now, I don't like to see anybody get hurt, but those those ones that go the distance, like the the Zhang Wei Li, Joanna, yeah, oh my God, yeah. That was awesome. Yeah. yeah, and I was just thinking of like Edson Barbosa versus Tony Ferguson. Mm-hmm. And, All those. Uh, Figueredo versus Marino, that first one. Yeah. And then he, be, I think it was a first or second round finish on this one. Yeah. yeah. Love 
love the UFC, love fighting, love talking about it, sure. love podcasting. We're at a, we're at like two hours, and so is it really wow? I know, so that's pretty cool. Probably our longest podcast and a great one. And I appreciate you coming on, sticking with me, just having a chat. He's Justin Dolard from the Authentic. No, just the Authentic with Justin. Doolard, yes, sir. It? Yeah, because if you have the podcast, it makes it a little oh, yeah, authentic tricky. podcast with Justin Doolard. I'll pull up a picture here so you can see. It's actually my buddy Darren who posted that. So it's on YouTube, it's on Apple, Spotify, pretty much all the major stuff. So, yeah, have a lot of good, you have some good, really good guests. Yep, and, and I'm, I'm working on more, keeping it up. Like I said, I had my son, he is five months old, so I'm a little hindered, but we're, we're getting back on it. And yeah, uh, I appreciate you for having me. It's always a good talk, and I love it, man. You're an authentic guy. and you're good and keep going, keep doing it, man. Keep asking and don't be afraid. And we're going to hit, we're going to yeah. top the charts, both of our podcasts. As time goes on, if you just don't quit, I feel like we're going to beat out a lot of the chaff, you know, whatever that the cream rises to the top sure. a little bit. People are going to tell you no. Um, I've been told no, I've been left on red, been left on red by big people. And then I've been left on red by people. I was like, whoa, uh, you know, like no offense, but damn, I thought you would definitely want to do it. Right. Like a, like Megan Anderson from the UFC. Yeah. Uh, well, she was in the UFC. She left me on red, but can't be too upset, right? I mean, she's got like half a million followers. Yeah. So it is what it is. But I appreciate you having me on. And uh, we need to get you back on mine too. Yeah. Talk about your stuff because your stuff is just growing and changing daily. So. Anytime. I would love it. And uh, yeah, just keep practicing com conversations. It's good for me. And I know that I've noticed a difference in even my ability to like recall shit, you mm -hmm. know, like how Rogan got better over the years. It's happening. And I don't, how long have you been doing it? Uh, let's see, about a year and a couple months. Just yeah. a little over a year. Well, you're already good, but you'll notice that you just get better. Oh, my God. I listen to some of my first ones, and I'm like, yeah, because I never like my own voice. I never will, I don't think. But I listen to some of my first three, and I'm like, Jesus Christ, uh, I want to delete these. But I don't. They're, right. they're brutal. Yeah, I think, you got to show better, the progress. So. And, and it's, it's, everybody forgets that... Uh, or, or doesn't know, you know, everybody knows Rogan over the past three or four years, but I mean, he did his first ones in a basement mm -hmm. with, you know, $20 headphones and a, a, holding a microphone like this with Joey Diaz, like stoned laughing on his couch. Exactly. It, it's not like this big factor. He has in Austin like it used to be. So Yeah. And it doesn't have to be as you're starting, you know, you can use your iPhone. So, and just get out there and have conversations, post it up and see what happens. And that's what we're doing here. Thank you, Justin. I will come on your podcast. Do you have anything else you want to say to anyone? No, just appreciate it. And, uh, you know, keep following the sky is going to do big things. And, you know, if you guys want to listen to mine, authentic podcast with Justin Dulard. And then one thing I like to ask is I like for good criticism. Uh, you know, I, I like to get better. And then if you have, most of my guests are referrals of people that I know. So if you have anybody you think would be good for the show, absolutely. Let me know. Some of my biggest and best guests have been through friends of friends. Mm -hmm. So, We'll have to get Malice on there. He's really fun. Yeah, we'd love it. All right. Well, we'll see you guys next time. The uh, Pete and Pedro, that promo code was... Authentic15. Authentic15. And we got our Ohana, kababar.com. Sheath 10 saves you 10%. It's good stuff. This is a tincture. This is what I would get if I was you to start. Let me know. Leave a comment. We'll be. This is on YouTube also. And leave us a five-star rating on iTunes if you would, because that always helps. And if we don't ask, you won't do it. That's something we learned from this podcast. 100%. So just ask you never ask Leave us a comment. Know. Comment for sure on YouTube and subscribe. And then we're out. Okay. Peace. Peace.